at the end of the day, we do marketing campaigns. We build websites. We, we do all these marketing things. Mm-hmm. And so what is the purpose of what we do? Like, why do we exist? And the answer to that is we exist to help entrepreneurs sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. So with that overarching purpose, it gives meaning to every little thing that we do. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Wayne Mullins. He's from Louisiana. He runs a marketing organization. He's also written a book recently. We'll talk more about that as we get into the conversation. But today's conversation really has very little, if nothing, to do with marketing and everything to do with lessons of scaling your business. The conversation took a very big turn from where we originally headed, uh, but I think it's a very fundamental and practical conversation for all of us to listen to and to digest. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into the conversation, I do want to invite you to subscribe. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, whatever platform you're on, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we have a brand new episode that comes out every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. and we don't want you to miss a single one of it. Furthermore, we've got over 180 episodes with these similar type topics that you can check out by visiting our website at lockdoc.net slash podcast. All of the information is there for you to check out, and we definitely would invite you to do that. We also have a video version of this on YouTube and Facebook. You can subscribe there as well, and all of the links are available on our website at lockdoc.net slash podcast. A big shout out to Mia Morell. Thank you for the coffee cup. This is the Door Hardware Nerds coffee cup. It is, as I've said, one of the few cups that I'll use outside of our LockDoc security coffee cups, uh, but appreciate the the coffee mug and sending it over. You can check out uh, their YouTube channel, Door Hardware Nerds, as well. Uh, a lot of fun stuff if you're in the industry. If you're not, well, I'm sorry. But grab a cup of coffee and get ready for the conversation. We'll jump in with Wayne Mullins. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes. And it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. Wayne, thank you for joining us today. All the way from Louisiana. I'm here, Chad. Thank you. I think I think you're the first Louisiana guest, if my memory serves correctly. I don't know that I've ever had anybody on uh, on the podcast from Louisiana, or at least virtually. So thank you for uh, for being the first. There you go. I hope to do us proud. There you go. And and a sweet beard, by the way. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. So I, we can definitely appreciate that. Um, we'll, we'll jump into rapid fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. And then we'll give you a score at the end. Are you ready? I am ready, Chad. Have you ever watched one bite, one bite pizza reviews? I have not, but I think I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Well, you should check it out. Okay, here we go. Question number one, if you could change the color of one thing, what would it be and why? Great question. I would change the color of the nighttime sky and I would add a little bit of color to it so that at night when you look up, it just doesn't look like blankness and, you know, lack of color. There'd be a little bit of color to the nighttime sky. All right. That's an interesting question. Okay. Or an interesting response. Question number two, what is the strangest place that you've fallen asleep? Strangest place falling asleep. Hmm. 
maybe in a waiting room at some point, waiting on a dentist, maybe. I think that I think that happened. Super awkward because there's other people there, you know, and you're like dozing off and they're calling names. Yeah, I've got a, a buddy of mine down in Florida that falls asleep all the time. And we do regular uh, video calls and he actually, he'll fall asleep in the middle of the call. Like we'll be having a conversation. So I, I kind of take it personally at times because it's like, well, this conversation is so boring, but he'll just kind of get comfortable in his seat and just fall off. But his, um, his family takes pictures of him fall, like because he apparently this is a thing. And so they've they've given him gifts for Christmas of basically just a collection of of photos of him that he of strange places that he's fallen asleep. So uh, he would probably sing a blog. It'll be a great like uh, Instagram feed or Twitter feed. Right. It's just places, places that uh, Ken fell asleep. All right. Yep. Um, we, we may have to get that started. Question number three. What type of exercise do you like the most? Okay, trick, trick question. So I, I'm a runner. Okay. Um, I haven't always been a runner, been a runner for about four, maybe five years now. And I have this love-hate relationship with it, right? Okay. So I'm I'm still in the phase where like, um, I still hate it most days, but deep down inside, like I love, I love the, the running experience. Like it's so, um, for me, I don't run with music. I just run, it's just me and my thoughts. And so in some ways, I guess it's like um, therapy. So maybe I love the therapeutic side of it, but hate the actual running. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I've not been able to run in quite some time because of, uh, uh, of, a, of an injury that I was dealing with, but I, I agree with that. The running side was more therapy than it was the physical exercise. It was more the mental exercise for me. And it was like the time that you could just kind of shut everything else off and, uh, and, and, uh, and focus on that. So very, very true. Uh, question number four, what do you like best? Uh, how, well, let, let me, let me change that question. Cause I just messed it up. How do you like, how do you best like your ice cream? That's the question. Number four, how do you best like your ice cream? It's cold count. I mean, I I'm not sure how to answer that. Like, I, I don't, um, I don't understand the question either, but it's, <laughs> it's intriguing, like maybe a cone or in a bowl. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say, um, either <laughs> yeah. depends on where I'm at, I guess, but definitely cold, um, frozen and depending on this and where I'm at bowl or cone, I'm happy with either. All right. So let's, let's fix this question. What is your favorite type of ice cream? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm not a huge ice cream person. Um, interesting thing. My wife, loves desserts. So okay. anytime we go out to a restaurant or wherever, like dessert is the thing she looks forward to. I'm much more appetizer. Like I would much rather an appetizer than a dessert. So man, it's ice cream. If I had to choose, I would just say, I was going to say plain vanilla, but the more I think about it, maybe it's like a, a parlines and cream type of. Okay. Something. All right. I, I was going to say, if you would have said mint chocolate chip, we would have just had to end the podcast. So <laughs> that was that was a safe bet. Question number five: What was the last meltdown that you witnessed? Meltdown. Yeah. Um, yesterday evening, we went to eat at a restaurant, and I don't know if it was a true meltdown or exactly what was going on, but there were two uh, waiter and a waitress from the restaurant we were at, and over in the corner, you could definitely tell they were having a very intense conversation mm -hmm. about something. 
and one of them was way more animated than the other. So I don't know which was technically having the meltdown and which was what, but it was yesterday evening. There you go. Well, congratulations. You made it through rapid fire. Uh, we'll give you a score of 534. Sounds great. That's my uh, favorite number. Well, there you go. I, 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 I kind of had that feeling. All right, let's uh, let's get into the conversation. So by way of introduction, uh, you, you have a business called Ugly Mug Marketing. So I want to pause there. Give us context for the name because I'm very intrigued. Absolutely. So the name is actually a play on a quote or a phrase from this gentleman of the name David Ogilvy. So David Ogilvy comes over to the United States, I believe from Ireland back in the late 50s. And he's, his background was marketing. And so he lands in New York and his goal is simply this, to build the world's largest ad agency. Um, over the next 15-year period, he does exactly that. Ogilvy & Mather was the largest ad agency in the world for numerous years. They're still in the top 10 offices around the world. But the founder, David Ogilvy, uh, he had a saying that was this, I would rather an ad that's ugly and effective than one that's beautiful but isn't. Mm -hmm. And so the name Ugly Mug Marketing really is a play off of that. It's a, it's a play to, I guess, our underlying core value that at the end of the day, our clients don't come to us for beautiful design. They don't come to us for a website or for you know whatever the thing is they're coming to us for. They come to us because they want the result from that thing. And so the name really just is a constant reminder for us to not become enamored with making things beautiful for the sake of making things beautiful, but to stay focused on what the client really wants, which is results. Mm. I like it. I like that a lot. Focusing more on the effectiveness of whatever it is that you're working on versus the the prettiness of it and getting getting distracted with the with the shiny and actually having the 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 fundamentals in place. Um, very cool. So, how long have you been in the the world of marketing? How long has your has your business been in play? Sure. So two different answers to that. Uh, we just celebrated 13 years. Um, so we've been around 13 years. Um, my background in marketing actually started probably 20-ish years ago. Um, terrible with timeframes. Sure. I have a degree in marketing, which uh, no offense to the school I went to, I don't give much credence to that degree whatsoever. Um, but when I left school, I went into sales, ended up in corporate advertising sales. And Home my skills in the selling area, but then started um, having this idea: of what if I went and did something for myself? Could I could I grow a business? Could I make more on my own? And I started a lawn and landscape company. Over the course of a three year period, you know, grew that company from startup to a very large company, and ended up selling that company. But it was in the course of that growth that a lot of the actual customers for the lawn care company, so we dealt mostly with commercial, they started coming to us and asking. What are y'all doing to grow? How are you scaling? Um, can you help us? And the answer was, it was a lot of marketing. That's how we were growing so rapidly. That's how we were scaling. And it was out of those conversations with those business owners that Ugly Mug Marketing would eventually be born. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad? hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. 
At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find the system that best fits the pool and HOA needs. Camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. All right, so we've got a lot of different things going on here. So really focusing on taking a business and scaling it and utilizing marketing to do that, but that's not the only aspect. I mean, anybody that's involved in business knows that marketing is a is a big uh, a big uh, a fundamental component of it, but there takes there's a lot of other areas there. I mean, you've got to have the people, you've got to have processes. There's a lot of other things. What, what were you, and it sounds like you've done the same thing and obviously had this going for 13 years. What, what have you learned through this process of growing and scaling businesses, um, that, that you would attribute to the ability to do it, uh, you know, a a second time? Yeah, I would say number one is clarity. I think all too often that we end up um, as our own worst enemies, as entrepreneurs, right? We're, we're often highly visionary. We often have these big ideas, lots of ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens is as we grow, growth creates complexity. And complexity is the enemy of clarity. And clarity is the number one thing for growth. You have to have clarity if you're going to grow or scale. And the same is true whether you're talking big picture about business or whether you're talking about marketing specific campaigns. Um, So clarity is key, but as we're growing, the byproduct of that growth is always complexity. Mm -hmm. And so complexity kills the potential for growth. And so it's this constant battle. And we as entrepreneurs, again, you know, I'm I'm putting myself first in, in this statement, but we are notorious we're grabbing the most recent idea, right? The, the coolest thing we've seen, uh, you know, some gurus talking about it on social media or whatever. And we're like, oh, that's the thing we've got to do. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly running a million different directions, moving a few feet and then abandoning it, running a different direction. And so clarity would be the short answer to that question. So it, that's obviously a very deep question, but clarity is so important. I want to park on this for a little bit if, if you're okay with it, because we've I've got a little bit of an outline of where I want to go but I, this is I think this is real and this is right now uh clarity so I want to break that statement down into complexity is the enemy of clarity but growth always breeds complexity right that is that's pretty impactful um and it's probably if there's any business that is going through any type of scaling right now uh, or has experienced it, they could probably embrace that statement very quickly. Uh, just yesterday, I was having a conversation with, uh, we have, I've got a, a group that I, I deal with uh, called businessmeeting.online. And it's a, a group of like-minded business leaders that are trying to figure out some of these uh, these uh, these components of trying to uh, create a growing and scaling business. And we were talking about um, objectives and key results was really the basis of our conversation. But the underlying tone that everybody keeps trying to figure out is how to break down that kind of big complex machine that we have 
to a simplistic, this is what each team member needs to be focusing on every single day. Um, and so you've, you've, you just said that in a very different way, but, it, and, and, uh, uh, pardon the, uh, the, the, uh, I, irony here, but in a little bit more <laughs> simplistic way, less complex way than our, our conversation. So, I, I so I I appreciate you the statement and I appreciate this conversation because this I'm I'm in, I'm excited about it. So when you talk about clarity, because I, obviously there's that terms in uh, from a from a marketing perspective, but in a business world, the clarity of understanding you know I'm I'm a team member I'm here and I know exactly what it is that I need to be focusing on. Is that what you're talking about when it comes to clarity? So that is an element, Chad, or a piece or component. So. When we talk clarity, um, it's got to get down to that level, right? So it's got to get down to um, the person who walks in the door every day on your team or, or comes remotely, you know, quote unquote, shows up remotely every day for the team. Um, they have to be clear about number one, where are we going? Number two, why does it matter, right? So that's kind of the, the Simon Sinek or the, or the purpose piece to that. Mm-hmm. And I think all too often, we as entrepreneurs, depending on the type of business you're in, we look at that statement or that idea of like, what's our defining purpose? Why do we exist? Why do we do what we do? Mm-hmm. And we think, well, you know, we're not a nonprofit. We're not saving the world. We're not, you know, we're not Tesla. We're not, you know, sure. SpaceX. And we're not doing these big purposeful things to hopefully you know, save humanity or anything like that. And so we give up on this idea of what is our underlying purpose. And so let me just tell you what ours is just point the picture, like at the end of the day, we do marketing campaigns, we build websites, we, we do all these marketing things. Mm-hmm. And so what is the purpose of what we do? Like, why do we exist? And the answer to that is we exist to help entrepreneurs sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. So with that overarching purpose, it gives meaning to every little thing that we do. You know, so it doesn't matter what your role is here in the company. When you embrace that idea that the work we do at the end of the day is going to help someone sleep better at night because they don't have to worry about it or because we're helping them reach their goals or, you know, there's lots of things here that, that get brought into that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so important. So number one, where are we going? Number two, why does it matter? Number three, what is my role? In other words, what's my contribution to this thing? Um, What's expected gets tied into that. In other words, what's expected of me as it relates to these things. And then the last piece, and this is an important piece, is how will I be measured, right? So how do I actually know that I'm doing the thing well that I'm supposed to be doing? And that right there, that that last little bit of how do I actually know that I'm contributing in a meaningful way is where so many get lost and, and you know, we can dive into it if you want, but I can share how we discovered this and how we really worked through this. And some, I'll give you some book books that really helped us hone in on this and how we go about making that happen. No, so I, I was just typing down the notes here, and it, it's uh, intriguing. I've got a piece of paper somewhere floating around here uh, where I was having a conversation with with some of our team the other day about basically uh, the five W's: the the who, what, when, where, why. Um, and the thing that I left off of it was the the five W's and the one H, the how, right? And that's effectively what you just said. Where are we going? Why does it matter? What is my role? What is expected? 
who am I responsible for is maybe one of the the who that that's probably could be in there. And then how will I be measured? Um, and it's, it's a pretty, like I, when you think of it that way, it's a pretty simplistic way, clarity, right. To be able to, to navigate that and be able to give people a, a very clear picture of what, uh, of what's going on, um, and, and exactly kind of where things are going. The, the, the purpose statement that you have, you're, you exist to help entrepreneurs sleep better at night. It's very story brandish, um, and, and kind of helps to bring a very a high level of clarity to, Hey, this is, this is what we're about. Um, and I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of businesses, even our business for many number of years, and I'm sure we still struggle with it at times, get stuck more on the what it is that we do and less on the why it is that we're in business to do this. And, and again, that kind of whole purpose thing. So you you work through uh, kind of getting that together. Then you start to break down the simplistic of the, the simplicity of the elements. And that just kind of gives you really a checklist, I guess, of of what things you've got to start working on to stay true to that. Is Is that the way that you've seen it? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, you know, the I guess if a Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So begin with where we're going. What's our purpose? What's our North Star? And we're going to work backwards from that. Um, it can it can feel very daunting, right? So, you know, depending on your vision, depending on your mission and your purpose, that can feel very daunting. And so what we discovered, and this was, you know, over the course of 13 years, lots of trial and error, and really over the last probably five to six years, a significant amount of uh, implementation, experimentation, adjusting, readjusting, trying new things. But what we discovered is that when we take that and we break it into um, what, there's a book by this title, a 12-week year. Mm -hmm. So in other words, we're operating on a quarterly basis. And every single quarter, everything gets realigned Mm -hmm. around that. Um, And so the 12-week year is a book I would recommend for people. Another one is The Game of Work. That's another great one. Um, those books really help kind of crystallize these ideas and, and give you some practical application on how do you actually bring this back. The other big element that I would say, there's, there's I'll give you three super quick. Number one, the quarterly team meeting, which is what we kind of just talked about where everyone gets realigned back around this stuff. Uh, the weekly team meeting. So we have an all hands, you know, everybody in the team meeting and every single week up on the big screen, you know, whether you're here or you're remote up on the big screen, you have to put your goal for the quarter where you are in relation to that goal. You also on that chart are your three lead metrics. Very important point, lead metrics, not lag Mm -hmm. metrics, lead metrics in your three commitments for the week. So, and those get highlighted so you make three commitments each week, and those are in three areas that are going to help you achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And the team then challenges you. They say, well, you know, is that, are you pushing yourself enough? Are you pushing yourself too far? Um, what if you did this instead? Would that be more beneficial? And then you have to report the following week. Uh, each of those commitments gets highlighted, either green, orange, or red. Mm-hmm. So accomplished, partially accomplished, or not accomplished. And So quarterly team meeting, weekly team meeting, and then weekly one-on-ones. Those three things, um, although they can sound complex, actually go a long way in bringing simplicity, bringing clarity back into the chaotic world that we live in. Can you copy this key? 
That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. So, Wayne, how many folks are on your team currently? There are 12 of us. 12. And so one of the things that I'm I'm intrigued with is the the scaling of that because I love the the model here and the rhythm at what point you have to kind of realign and maybe you have some thoughts on this maybe you've spoken with other folks about it uh, and maybe you've dealt with it in 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 the past of uh, of your team at what point do you have to break that down into smaller groups is is 12 kind of getting on the edge of the max at that that handle you can handle it that way or 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 how big do you think that you can grow uh, keep this process going with uh with the, a team as it grows yeah great question chad i think you know I, I do think that we're approaching a threshold um with the size that it works for mm-hmm. my gut says that that number is going to be somewhere between 15 and 20 for us mm-hmm. And again, I think it could vary based on the type of business or type of organization you have. Sure. Um, so the more you know, scattered or the more um, you know, unique the areas of your business are, mm-hmm. the sooner that it falls apart. I think for the group size, but because what we do is is so sim- similar between departments, that I think we get a little bit more um, runway, if you will, for that. But I, I think for us, twelve. I'm sorry, fifteen to twenty. Yeah, is kind of the number. No, I, I love the idea. And, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear that you're processing things on a quarterly basis. Um, it's something that we've been discussing here. And, and a lot of folks I've been chatting with here recently, we're, we're all kind of moving towards the quarterly focus. Um, because I think that historically, we've been really driven on a year and then looking at a monthly progress. But at the end of the, at the end of the year, you look back and go, man, the, the goal at the beginning of the year versus where we are now, we're so f- kind of far off basis that if we would have had kind of check-ins every quarter and either realigned our strategy or adjusted back to the original strategy, then we would have been better off. But uh, that 12-month run is is a, especially in business now, it, it cha- there's so much change that can happen in that period of time. So looking at those in 90-day sprints is is definitely encouraging. And uh, the fact that you're doing that and seeing success with it is, is very exciting. Yeah. And again, I would say that for us, five to six years ago is when we began making that shift. Mm-hmm. So we were always annual. You know, we had the annual goals and working toward those. And, you know, what happens, I think, with um, so many people annually is that, you know, the beginning of the year, you start out pretty strong because it's like a new year. It's like almost the whole New Year's resolution thing. And, then you you reach that kind of midpoint, you know, you're going into Q2, momentum starting to fade, and it's like not as exciting anymore. And then what happens is, you know, end of Q3, you come back and you're like, oh, wow, we've got a long way to go, right, to, to get here. And so momentum, momentum picks back up. And what, what I found happened for us is the rhythm of that created such a roller coaster of like excitement, a roller coaster of, um, you know, just 
willingness to jump in and, and do whatever it takes, if you will. But when we switch to that 12-week year, mm-hmm. um, we actually operate, you know, yes, there are some overarching big like annual things that we're aiming for, but everyone's goal is really just a quarterly goal. That is it. Um, and so it's it just like, like you said, these short sprints, like anyone can sprint for a short period of time. And it, it keeps that momentum up because at the end of 90 days, we're celebrating, we're reviewing, and we're, we're starting another race. Yeah. I, it's, it's so crazy. They, um, again, that all these kind of things are starting to align, but there's a book, um, and I can't remember which one it came from. That's probably bad. But, uh, over the last, uh, couple of weeks, I was reading through measure what matters as well as a, a book called what the heck is EOS. Uh, we're, we're utilizing that in our organization and our team is going through it right now, but they were talking about 90 days is like, that magic spot for most people where you start to, your focus starts to, to wane and it, you, it may be 85 or maybe 92, but it's somewhere around that mark that people's focus starts to just get kind of, uh, lacking. And so it's, it's always a good time to kind of reset, re-energize and kind of put that clarity back in front of everybody. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, for us, the transition or the, the, results of that shift for us has been significant. Um, So much more growth, so much more scale when we made that change from annual to quarterly. Yeah. So Wayne, there's probably 15 different things that we could discuss. And and I I also don't want to drudge the conversation along uh, more than it needs to be, because I feel like what we just discussed over the past uh, 25 minutes or so is is very impactful. Um, I would love to have you back at some point to chat more about the other things that I did have on my list to discuss with you, but I also don't want to water down the the topic is we're talking about scaling a business. Clarity is important. And then, and even going kind of sticking to that, to that, um, uh, to that theme to muddy it down in this conversation could, could be, uh, could be detrimental. I, so but my big takeaways to this conversation is really just understanding that simplicity, the clarity, I guess, um, of, uh, of kind of where you're going. Why does it matter? What's my role? Uh, and how will it be measured? Those are some really keen insights that I think every person that's listening to this, no matter if you're leading a small team inside of a big organization, or if you're leading your entire organization, if you could just pause take the weekend and start to think through that, you're going to be so much better off for your organization. I think that's a really big, a really big challenge for a lot of, uh, a lot of teams right now is like, you've got to get a, a hold of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the investment though, Chad can be a bit, um, we, we deceive ourselves. We think, Oh, I'll, I'll get to that when I have time, right? There's too many other things going on right now. I'll get to that stuff mm-hmm. when I have time. And, what I would say is this, that, you know, you're, you're probably, if that's your mentality right now, you're probably um, very frustrated with lack of performance on your team. You're probably very frustrated by having to constantly uh, remind people or have difficult conversations with people. And what I can tell you from personal experience is that you're going to have to suffer one of those two pains, right? The pain of this constant frustration or the pain of the discipline to begin going through some process like this. Now, I'm not saying this 
is the best process. I don't know. Like every business is so unique. But the point is the clarity, like there's no argument about that. You have to get clarity in your organization. So find the one, the system, EOS or you know, what, whatever it may be that works best for your organization and discipline yourself through that pain. Because I can tell you, you know, now that I'm quote unquote on the other side of <laughs> disciplining myself through that, that I would much rather this pain, the pain of um, constantly evolving the system and, and improving the system is far less painful, far less fatiguing than the constant frustration of dealing with poor performance yeah. and the frustration of seeming like I'm having to have the same conversations over and over again. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I do want to give folks a couple of resources real quick. Um, you do have a book that uh, recently came out, Your fullcirclemarketing.com. They can find out uh, everything there, get a copy of that, as well as uh, as as your business, uglymugmarketing.com. Those are two places that uh, that you can check things out. But for for sure, we I want to get you back on and discuss more. Uh, I think uh, I think that we have a lot of uh, alignment in theory, but we could probably uh, unpack some more of these concepts and really break into uh, ways that, uh, that people can improve even uh, parts of their business that you help them with is on, on the marketing side. But I think if you don't have clarity at the beginning, then it's even harder to, to kind of jump into those things as well. So Wayne, thanks again for the conversation. Uh, man, really enjoyed it. Great, great information. Very applicable. I challenge everybody to go through that process uh, this weekend. Start thinking about the purpose and uh, getting clarity within your organization. I think it'll do us all major benefits. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Coffee Break Podcast.